Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Some of the most troubling health problems have a surprising solution, and it's called food. From weight problems, infertility, diabetes, and thyroid problems to acne, hot flashes, and even cancer, what we eat may hold the answer to restoring our good health. Joining us today is Dr. Neil Bernard. He is going to share some shocking new science on how hormones are wreaking havoc on the body and how our diet can offer a solution. If you want to improve your health, reduce pain, and shed some Wait, don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a fellow of the American College of Cardiology and is an adjunct professor of medicine at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. He's the founder and president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. He's authored more than 90 scientific publications and 20 books for medical and lay readers and is the editor-in-chief of the Nutrition Guide for Clinicians, a textbook made available to all U.S. medical students. He's a sought-after lecturer and he starred in four PBS specials about diet and health. His latest book is called Your Body in Balance, The New Science of Food, Hormones and Health. Welcome back to the show, New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Neil Bernard. Thank you. It's great to be with you today. Oh, it's great. Now, this is your fourth time on the show, and it's always a pleasure having you back with us, sharing this great life-changing wisdom. Talk to us about what motivated you to write this new book and how food can help hormone-related problems. Well, there are so many people who have issues that they never thought related to food. For example, a couple is struggling with infertility year after year, never realizing that the cause could be what they're eating. Or a person who has diabetes and they thought maybe it was just genetic and it's getting worse year after year and they didn't realize that the foods that they're eating can have a dramatic effect on their insulin. Or uh, a a teenage girl, she's got uh, terrible menstrual cramps. Um, one month after another after another, she's missing a day from school every month, never realizing that foods could change it. And, and what all of these have in common is that they are all hormonal issues, whether it's fertility or diabetes or menstrual cramps or so many others. It's hormones that are made in the body that travel from one organ to another and they control all aspects of your body functioning. But what most people don't realize is that their hormones are changed based on what they are eating. And if you know the secrets of controlling your hormones, you control far more of your health than you ever thought possible. Yeah, I know men are told lower testosterone is just part of the aging process, and females were they're told the same thing about declining estrogen levels. Can what we eat really combat this hormonal sands of time? Yeah, it, it really can. And, and it's not necess- necessarily a question of boosting hormones. Uh, sometimes we need to tame these hormones and reduce them. But for example, I got a call from a young woman who said, I can't get out of bed. These cramps are killing me. And she had it one, about one day every month. She really couldn't function. And I realized the problem she had was too much estrogen in her bloodstream mm-hmm. that was causing the changes in her uterus every month to be too strong and too violent. Um, so I suggested to her, a completely plant-based diet, no animal products at all, also keeping oils very low, and that stopped it from happening in the future. Part of the reason is that dairy products have estrogens that come from the cow. Let me be clear what I'm saying. Cows on dairies are making estrogen in their bloodstream. It gets into their milk. 
um, and it's more concentrated in their cheese. And so a person who's eating dairy products will get estrogens from the cow that add to their own. Um, it's only traces, but it appears to be enough to be biologically active. Um, there are other issues too, but what we found is that when people avoid animal products, their hormones get in much better, uh, better balance. In a research study, we put this to the test for, for a large group of women with menstrual pain. Menstrual pain. Mm-hmm. And not only did we find that their menstrual pain improved dramatically, but there was one of the women who thought she was infertile who got pregnant in the second month on the vegan diet. <laughs> um, so the, 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 the benefits of changing your diet to get your hormones back into balance, the, those, uh, yeah. the benefits can be enormous. I, I'm hoping she's not telling everybody, Dr. Bernard got me pregnant. Dr. Bernard got me pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it was a real surprise. Um, she thought she was completely infertile. She and her husband had been evaluated, and she would said to me, it's not him, it's me, I don't ovulate. But she went on the vegan diet to try to deal with menstrual pain. And she was pregnant uh, in the second month. And then, and then she had a, a, another child wow. and a third child. So she, she was not infertile. What she was was out of balance. Um, or the young woman who had terrible menstrual pain. She didn't have a diagnosis. She had needed to get back into balance. We've seen this with people on thyroid medication. In some cases, they can get back in balance so they no longer need their medication. Wow. I know there's so many diseases associated with hormonal imbalance, including prostate, ovarian, thyroid, breast cancer. Why isn't diet and nutrition playing a bigger role in the medical approach to these conditions? Uh, Part of it is that the science is relatively new. Um, Although it's not all new, we have known for a long time that your body has a way of getting rid of excess estrogens. Let me describe it. Your liver will filter excess estrogens out of your blood, and it sends them through a small tube called the bile duct into the intestinal tract and then they're carried away with the waste. But this only works if you have a lot of fiber in your diet. If you don't have fiber in your diet because you've been eating roast beef and pork chops and chicken wings and things that don't have any fiber, um, then the estrogens end up being reabsorbed from the intestinal tract back into the bloodstream. You need fiber to carry them away and fiber means the plant roughage that's in vegetables and in beans and in fruits and in whole grains. So when we use completely vegan diets, uh, what we find is that people are able to eliminate those excess estrogens, get back into a healthier balance. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up grains because up until a few years ago, eating grains was considered the healthiest thing we could do for lowering blood sugar levels. And now we have these paleo diet advocates saying we should avoid grains because they spike our blood sugar. For those afraid of eating grains, what advice do you have? Because we're dealing with insulin. Grains are healthful foods. And the proof of it comes from, say, Japan. Back in the 1960s and 70s, Japan had a rice-based diet. Rice is a grain. They they ate phenomenal amounts of it, and diabetes was extremely rare in Japan until westernization brought in cheese and meat and rice production diminished, or rice consumption diminished. People were eating less and less rice, and diabetes went up dramatically during that time. Uh, Grains are healthful foods. Now, it's better if they include the fiber, but this whole idea of condemning uh, grains is a fad that should not have happened because it's, it's not correct. Uh, in 2003, the, the NIH gave our research team a grant to test uh, or to try to find a new, better diet for type 2 diabetes. And the diet we used had grains and beans and vegetables and fruits. It was a completely vegan diet, and it proved 300% better 
at controlling blood sugar compared to the best current diet. So you want those all, all four of those healthy groups, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, beans. Don't forget to take a vitamin B12 supplement too, mm-hmm. but that is a healthy diet. Yeah, your best-selling book, Reversing Diabetes, remains one of my all-time favorite books. And I mean, think about it, to be able to reverse this deadly disease simply by focusing on what you put at the end of your fork it's amazing. It's almost like unbelievable till you see the results. And talk to us about insulin more, you know, the hormone that plays that central role in diabetes. Yes. Um, many people don't really understand how this works, but let, let me describe it and what really causes diabetes because it's, it's surprising and it's new information for many people. The pancreas, which is a little organ behind your belly button, makes insulin. And insulin goes to the cells of the body and it acts like a key that insulin key opens up the cell to allow sugar, glucose, into the cell to provide energy. And if a person has type 2 diabetes, the insulin key, if I can put it that way, it's not working very well. It's having trouble. The cell is not responding to it. We call that insulin resistance. Well, we have found the reason for insulin resistance. The reason the cell is not responding to insulin is because the cell is filled with tiny fat particles. If a person has been eating cheese pizza and greasy foods, steak and fried chicken and so forth and fatty fish, the fat particles get into the muscle cells and into the liver cells. They stop insulin from being able to open the cell and let glucose inside. So the answer to diabetes is to get the fat out of your diet. So avoid animal products completely. That will eliminate 100% of the animal fat. Keep vegetable oils very low. And what you find is that your insulin starts working again and your blood sugars come down and you don't have to uh, be avoiding healthy starchy foods and that kind of thing. That's, that's the old-fashioned and wrong approach. Yeah. Is a vegan diet also helpful for type 1 diabetes or only type 2? Yes. Um, well, type 2 is the, um, where the, re- the research showed that you could actually get rid of the disease mm-hmm. in some cases. With type 1, you'll still have it because you're, you need to your, – your pancreas is no longer making insulin anymore. But what does happen is that when people follow a healthy vegan diet, the amount of insulin they need goes way, way down in many cases. And their risk of complications is likely to diminish as well. That's great. Now, you have a chapter in your new book on erectile dysfunction, and this was once considered associated with older men, but I read a study showing it's getting more common in men in their 30s. Talk to us about how diet and nutrition are a better solution than these little blue pills. Oh, this is so important. A guy, so, so many guys, they go into the doctor's office and they say they're having erectile dysfunction and the doctor writes a prescription for Viagra. And the patient grabs the prescription and says, thank you very much, doc, you saved my life, and he runs out the door. And the, the, the doctor, if the doctor's good, the doctor runs after the patient and says, wait, 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 we didn't finish. You, there's something I have to tell you. And the doctor tells the patient that the reason the patient has erectile dysfunction is because the patient has narrowed arteries. The arteries to a man's private parts supply a blood flow. And w- w- without blood flow, you, the man doesn't perform sexually. You need, you need good blood flow for his private parts to work. And if he doesn't have that, nothing happens. So um, if he's been eating meat products and dairy products and eggs and so forth, his cholesterol level is going to be higher than it would be otherwise. The cholesterol has been narrowing his arteries. And you often see erectile dysfunction as the first symptom of narrowed arteries. It's the disease called atherosclerosis. And so what the doctor explains to the patient is you've got narrowed arteries down here causing your erectile dysfunction. It also means you've got probably narrowed arteries in your heart 
and in the arteries to your brain, meaning you're at higher risk than other people for a stroke or a heart attack within the next three to five years. So it's time for you to go vegan. And if you, if you dump the meat products and dairy products, that will protect your heart, that will protect your brain, and it may also reverse your erectile dysfunction. Yeah, interesting. I first heard about this about two years ago. We had a vegan cardiologist, Dr. Joel Kahn, on the show, and he explained that erectile dysfunction in general is a marker for overall cardiovascular health. And it was the first I had heard of that. And so it makes sense. You know, what we eat flows through our veins. It makes sense. It would also affect what men refer to as their main vein. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, no, that, that's, that's exactly right. And, and cardiologists now agree that erectile dysfunction is really the canary in the coal mine. Right. Meaning it's a sign of danger. And if a man has erectile dysfunction, he should be worried that he has a systemic problem of artery narrowings that come from what he's eating. And now is the time for him to check out the, the meat, the dairy products, the animal products, and to get his arteries back healthy again. Yeah. I'm curious, what's your view on, uh, on this intermittent fasting? It started out as 12 to 16-hour window of fasting, and the latest version has people starving for 23 hours and eating just one meal a day. Do you believe that eating three healthy meals per day is now a bad thing? No. I think if you're eating healthy food, you don't have to really worry about it. Um, sometimes people are fasting to make up for all the bad stuff that they're mm -hmm. eating. They're trying to purge because they, they, they've been eating unhealthy things. If you're eating healthy meals, you can eat as many meals a day as you, as you wish to. Um, some people do advocate for reducing the number of meals that they have. Right. Um, you can do that if, if you wish to, and there's, there's certainly no harm in it. So you, you're okay eating breakfast like me. <laughs> I, still, I still think breakfast is the most yes. important meal of the day yes. yeah. for me. Yes, there's no, there's no question about it. I mean, these fads come and go, and people are testing meal timing, and legitimate scientists are certainly doing that. Right. Um, that's okay to do. But it's, it's also perfectly fine to eat uh, regular meals. People have certainly done so for, the, for millennia. That's great. I know thyroid problems have become such an epidemic over the past decade, especially for females. From your clinical experiences, why is this and what foods can help, if any? Oh, thank you for asking. And I, sh I should mention for, for listeners who are trying to, to um, follow everything that we're saying, everything that we're describing is actually written in the new book, Your Body in Balance. So please... Um, if you're having trouble taking notes fast enough, it's all in your body and balance. So the thyroid, uh, two big issues. The, the first is that in 1924, the Morton Salt Company marketed iodized salt in those blue cylinders with a girl holding the umbrella over her shoulder. Um, and the iodized salt provided iodine that your, your thyroid gland needs to make thyroid hormone. And so you, don't, you really didn't see so much hypothyroidism after that until it became fashionable to have sea salt or Himalayan salt or kosher salt or whatever, and they are often not iodized, and so you're seeing some people running low in iodine. Uh, the other thing, though, is that certain foods appear to trigger an antibody reaction so that your white blood cells are making antibodies, which are little microscopic torpedoes that should be attacking viruses or bacteria, but for now some reason foods have triggered the formation of these uh, torpedoes and they are now attacking your thyroid gland. So it looks like the foods that do this are dairy products and, and meat products. The reason I say that is in large studies, uh, when you, you look at vegans, they have the least risk of hypothyroidism. Uh, people who eat uh, dairy products have much higher risk. People who eat meat products and dairy products have uh, a much higher risk of hyperthyroidism compared to the people who avoid those products.
That's great because I see more and more people coming in with thyroid problems. And again, um, you know, a lot of them are on this keto keto diet and, and paleo. So I think you're bringing up a good point here. Talk to us about menopause. I know, do you, you have any suggestions that can help combat hot flashes, mood swings, weight gain associated with the aging process? Um, there's some suggestion that soy products are helpful for that. They don't help everybody. Um, and some women use soy foods. Other women use more concentrated soy protein. Um, but they help perhaps maybe 40% of women in dealing with hot flashes. Um, from a prevention standpoint, we've drawn a lesson from Japan. Again, we were talking about the westernization of the diet. Before westernization, there was very little uh, report of hot flashes. Um, after westernization, they were much more frequent. And what we think is happening is that when women are on healthy plant-based diets, their estrogen level stays in better balance. If they're on a meaty diet, their estrogen level appears to rise. Um, and with a, an overly high estrogen level prior to menopause, the theory is that the, the transition at menopause from a high estrogen level to a very low estrogen level is too, too violent, so to speak, mm-hmm. le- leading to waves of symptoms. Now, whether that's true or not, uh, women can certainly try a healthy plant-based diet going into menopause to see if it doesn't help them. And if they've got hot flashes, they can certainly do soy protein. There are many other supplements, but from my standpoint, the soy protein is the one that has the best science behind it. Right. I know in a chapter 13 of your new book, you discuss a topic I've really been focusing a lot environmental toxins and sometimes the healthiest eaters that exercise regularly get plenty of sleep or are still sick because of these invisible chemicals they're exposed to each day. Is there a particular common toxin that you consider public enemy number one? You know, there are, are many of them. Um, and I personally think that as a group, they are not as much of a threat as the foods themselves. A person who's eating cheese and meat, but it, 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 who continues to do that, but they're worried about the chemicals in their food, right. they should really focus on the big picture, which is what they're eating. But that said, um, there are chemicals in foods, and, and one example is BPA or bisphenol A, which is in the lining of, of tin cans. So your soup can might have BPA in the lining. Um, it's been linked to a number of health issues, including sexual issues. Um, and many companies are now going to BPA-free cans. So you want to, uh, when you, if you're buying canned goods, look for the ones that are BPA-free. Um, I think it always is a good idea to get organic produce because produce that is not produced organically um, is likely to have pesticide residues on them. Uh, this is more important for foods where you actually eat the whole fruit. For example, if you eat a strawberry, you're not peeling a strawberry. Whereas if it's a pineapple or something, you'll, you'll remove the rind. You don't eat the outer part. Right. So, um, so it's, it's more important for certain foods than others. Right. Another thing I'm saying more of is people coming in depressed and they're being prescribed these antidepressants. Why is everyone so depressed? And what do we need to know about a natural solution, maybe in food, than taking these medications? You know, that's an interesting thing. We, we discovered this kind of by accident. We were doing a research study with GEICO, the car insurance company. And they had a large group of people in their corporate headquarters, and we instituted a vegan diet to help them lose weight and to improve diabetes. And in the course of our research with GEICO, we found something that we didn't expect, which was that mood started getting better. Uh, We used paper and pencil tests to look for depression and anxiety symptoms, and they started to to get noticeably better. Um, And also um, job absenteeism went way down. And that could have been just a fluke, except other researchers have found much the same thing. What seems to happen 
is that uh, when people are eating uh, meat products, dairy products, it causes the overgrowth of unhealthy bacteria in their digestive tract. When they changed to a diet that's heavy in vegetables and fruits and whole grains and beans with healthy roughage, healthy, healthy plant fiber, the bacteria in their digestive tract change to healthier bacteria and that feeds back to the brain and makes people feel better uh, emotionally. Yeah. It may also be that this diet is an anti-inflammatory diet and that uh, inflammation ap- appears to affect the brain too. So healthy, an- healthy anti-inflammatory foods se- seem to help as well. Great. I know you have a chapter that pretty much describes a lot of listeners. Stress. People that are stressed, we tend to reach for those uh, two best friends, Ben and Jerry. That's what people grab. But what's a healthier choice to combat stress? And why do we, why do we stress those two buddies, Ben and Jerry? <laughs> yes, I have to say. And unfortunately, when, when uh, stress or depression or anxiety lead us to unhealthy food choices, it just compounds the problem because the next morning we feel like, oh, I didn't do a very good right. job. I'm, I, I, I've got no self-esteem. <laughs> what can I do? Whatever. Um, I, I think it's, it's a, it's, this really goes beyond food. It's first of all, you want to eat in a healthy way because you don't want the extra inflammation in your body to, to make your, your, your mood descend. So a healthy diet is vegetables, fruits, whole grains, beans. Fruits and vegetables in particular seem to have a mood-elevating effect while meat seems to have a, a depressing effect in, mm-hmm. in, in its association with research studies. Um, but I would go further and I would lace up your sneakers at least three times a week and go out for a good brisk walk or, or a run. Get your heart beating yeah. because what people find is that that seems to have an antidepressant effect too. Uh, extra credit if you do it with somebody else, you do it outdoors in the mm-hmm. sunshine. Um, the combination of a healthy diet and vigorous exercise, I suspect, is likely as good as, uh, as typical antidepressants. Now, do be careful. Depression is a serious thing. You want to have professional help with it. But along with that professional help, why not be on a healthy lifestyle? So, Trent, I'm glad you bring up get get out of the house, take a walk, get fresh air. People don't get fresh air anymore. We're so glued to these, you know, electronics that they just zap us. And, you know, I'm guilty, too. And I was taking a walk the other day, and I go, wow, I just feel so much. Just the fresh air. The air in our house is yuck. It's toxic. It's filled with crap. That- I got <laughs> The, the sunshine too. You know, yeah. go out in the sun, or, or even if it's a cloudy day, get outside. It's it's brighter outside than it is in your you know in your in your den. So it's a, it's a good thing to get out. So true. And the minute we have left, there's anything else you'd like to share with the listeners that we didn't cover about your new book, Your Body and Balance. Um, I would like to say that for people listening to this, you're hearing this message that a low-fat plant-based diet or a vegan diet is the healthiest, and it gets our hormones back in balance. To adopt it, try two steps. Take a week and just test out vegan foods to see which ones you like, like almond milk on your cereal instead of cow's milk, or try the veggie sausage instead of the meat sausage. Once you've found the foods you like, take three weeks and really do it all vegan all the time. Using the foods you've identified, it'll change your life. Fantastic. Thanks so much for being with us. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Very enlightening great information. Great talking with you today. Oh, it's great. The book is called Your Body and Balance, The New Science of Food, Hormones, and Health. It's available everywhere books are sold, or you can go to pcrm.org. And while there, be sure and check out Dr. Bernard's plethora of resources. He's got videos and articles and great healthy recipes. And sign up for his newsletter so you can stay up to date with all the latest health news and happenings. That's pcrm.org. 
org, and you can follow Dr. Bernard on Twitter at PCRM, Facebook, he's at Neil Bernard MD, and on Instagram at Physicians Committee. For my daily Twitter and Facebook posts, follow me at Dr. David Friedman on Instagram. I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Bernard share something today that somebody could benefit that you know that didn't get to listen, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to your Good Health Radio. Check out our podcast library and share these segments with friends, family, and coworkers, and on social media. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.